98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Two former pro-democracy lawmakers plead guilty to protest-related charges linked to a mass demonstration in August 2019. Seven other pro-democracy leaders plead not guilty. The government has been urged to set up a mobile testing centres in major retail and entertainment districts. And the leader of the coup in Myanmar says he will try to handle the mass protest against the overthrow softly. Former pro-democracy lawmakers Aung Nok Hin and Leung Yu Chung have pleaded guilty to protest-related charges linked to an anti-government demonstration in August 2019. It was estimated to have drawn more than a million people despite heavy rain. The two are among nine pro-democracy leaders facing unauthorised assembly charges. Jimmy Choi reports. Mr. Ao and Mr. Leung and seven other pro-democracy leaders were charged with organizing and joining an unauthorized assembly. The district court heard that Mr. Ao, a deputy convener of the Civil Human Rights Front, had led the march from Victoria Park to Shater Road on August the 18th without police approval. He admitted to organizing and taking part in an authorized assembly. Lan Yu Chong pleaded guilty to joining the assembly. Other defendants, including media tycoon Jimmy Lai, barristers Martin Lee and Margaret Ng, activists Li Chak Yan, Sit Ho, Lan Kwa Hong and Albert Ho, pleaded not guilty to both charges. Mr. Ao and Mr. Leung have been released on bail, with their sentencing scheduled for March the 22nd. The government has been urged to set up mobile testing centres in major retail and entertainment districts as restaurants gear up for longer working hours and some other businesses such as gyms, cinemas and massage parlours prefer to reopen on Thursday. Community testing centres across the SAR have been fully booked for the next few days with long queues seen outside. The government wants workers in these sectors to get tested every two weeks though they have until the 25th of this month to do so. The president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades is Simon Wong. The government should have some kind of movable testing points at certain regions, such as in Wong Kok or in uh, Causeway Bay, that we have a lot of uh, restaurants. And this is just to help the industry workers to get tested easier. Infectious diseases expert Leung Chi Chu is warning of a possible rebound in COVID-19 cases here as people rush to get tested. He said people who need to get tested might not be able to do so, and this could lead to more cases, especially after the gatherings during the Lunar New Year. Those who have symptoms and those who may have exposure risk might not be able to get either a bottle for different saliva test or they have to queue for a very long time for testing. This will remove the motivation for testing. This infectious source will seed transmission links when our webpage reopen. A company that runs five of the 19 community testing centres says each of its centres has tested 2,000 people daily over the past two days, twice its usual number. It said quotas were limited by testing stations in the centres rather than laboratory capacity. It said authorities could add more mobile testing stations. Meanwhile, representatives from the bar industry have questioned why they have to remain closed while restaurants can extend their opening hours from tomorrow. Kat Ho, who chairs the Bartenders and Mixologists Union, says one-fifth of Hong Kong's 1,200 bars have folded over the past year. She said many others were asking staff to take pay cuts or unpaid leave. She called on the authorities to let them reopen. We are closed since the 26th of November last year. It's already been like 83 days. 
But the spike of the fourth wave, this wave, is on January, mid-January, according to uh, Sophia Chen. So after we've been shut down for two months already, then there's still another the really spike come. So what's the point to close the bar? And did it really, really, other than affecting our income and salary, did it affect anything else? I didn't see that. The Association of Chartered Certified Accountants is forecasting a government deficit of $288 billion in next week's budget. The estimate is lower than the $300 billion deficit that Financial Secretary Paul Chan has been warning about. The association's Stanley Ho believes, says he believes Mr Chan has been managing public expectations, adding that the stock market had been narrowing the deficit. There were recently a booming in the stock market of which the stock transaction have bring additional stamp duty income to the government, which which is a good thing. That would be set up about the extra spending of the anti-pandemic measures. And if the stock markets continue to be active, the deficit could go even lower. The association is suggesting that the government return some of the tax loss in cash to loss-making businesses, thereby helping them stay afloat. He's also recommending a one-off tax concession of $10,000 to each taxpayer, is the association's Wilson Chang. More than 60% of the taxpayer actually have the tax burden that can enjoy the allowance. And you'll be surprised, actually, um, not only the taxpayer themselves, if we uh, suggest that the dependent can also, and given the, the allowance, on average, the majority of the taxpayers can enjoy uh, more than one uh, the 10K allowance. And the, the, the uh, benefit of it, actually, is to help the household, basically, to subsidize a little bit on their uh, spending in relation to the COVID measure. A legal academic at HKU Space says RTHK's decision to follow Beijing's ban on the BBC by suspending the overnight relay of its World Service radio output and its Cantonese News weekly programme raises more questions about Hong Kong's autonomy under one country, two systems. Danny Gitting says it's quite clear under the basic law that China's broadcasting authority has no remit in the SER. Given that, he says the chief executive, Carrie Lam, needs to explain who was responsible for the decision made in the very early hours of Friday morning. This is a decision by a Chinese government ministry, the National Radio and Television Administration. There must be 30 or so Chinese government ministries. And under the basic law, it's quite clear that they have not. In fact, even some mainland commentators have said that they have no remit over Hong Kong. Now, of course, we don't know exactly how this decision was made. RTHK says it took the decision, but the Commerce and Economic Development Bureau say that they respect it. But the speed at which this decision was taken, literally within a couple of hours overnight, is not indicative of a decision that you really have any choice to make. The Corruption Watchdog says it's a common misconception among kindergarten teachers that accepting gifts worth less than $500 is fine, but not if the gift is taken home, and this leads to the teacher showing favoritism to the student. The ICAC's Corruption Prevention Department has now produced a set of guidelines laying out what's allowed and what's not. Margaret Chan, a principal corruption prevention officer, says they want to help kindergarten step up their governance because the government allocates $7 billion to the sector every year. Because of uh, such a uh, large amount of public money involved, so the public is expecting the kindergartens uh, practitioners should be of high integrity. And that's why uh, the CPD, Corruption Prevention Department, considered it's worthwhile to further assist the kindergartens to step up its governance. The leader of the coup in Myanmar, General Min Aung Liang, has said he will try to handle the mass protests against the overthrow softly. 
He did not clarify what he meant, though he warned he would take action against those he said were harming Myanmar. The United Nations Special Rapporteur for Myanmar, Tom Roberts, said the general could have been responding to the international response to the coup. I think that the international community's response has been strong, focused. The Human Rights Council last Friday, the Security Council meeting before then, there's a move right now for the General Assembly of the United Nations to take this up as a whole. And now we're seeing countries beginning to initiate punitive sanctions, economic sanctions in particular. The United States announcing that it was going to begin to apply targeted economic sanctions on the generals. So I think he was probably responding to that and trying to hold off this pressure. New head of the World Trade Organization says her first priority will be the coronavirus pandemic. Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala said it was unconscionable to see disparity in vaccine rates between rich and poor countries. She said vaccines and other treatments should be available in an equitable and affordable fashion. Taking care of your population and being nationalistic with respect to vaccines won't work this time. Because even if you get all of them vaccinated and there's a country down the road that hasn't done that, it will come back in the way of variants. So what the WTO can do to use all the flexibilities possible to allow countries to manufacture available vaccines so that there can be more for poor countries quickly. Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, has announced plans to set up an independent commission to investigate the attack on the Capitol building on January the 6th by supporters of the former President Donald Trump. BBC's Peter Bowles reports. In a letter to fellow Democrats, Nancy Pelosi said the commission would be similar to the body that investigated the attacks on September the 11th in 2001. It would try to establish the facts relating to what she called the domestic terrorist attack upon the United States Capitol complex. It would also look at the preparedness and response of the Capitol Police and other government agencies. More than 200 people have been charged with crimes related to the assault on Congress, which left five people dead. The Australian Defence Minister Linda Reynolds has apologised in Parliament to a former staffer who was allegedly raped by a male colleague in her ministerial office. Brittany Higgins was allegedly sexually assaulted in Parliament after a night out in 2019. Ms Higgins says in the days that follow, followed, she was called to a meeting with Senator Reynolds in the same office. Senator Reynolds has told Parliament that she thought she was doing her best for Ms Higgins at the time, but she can now see that wasn't the case. Her trauma, her distress was very, very clear to all to see. The fact that she felt unsupported in her time working here was also very, very clear for us all to see. And for that, I apologise. Finance and a short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 30,639. That's 466 points up on the previous close. Currencies, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. Dollar buys 105.57 yen. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 61 cents. Sport now and here's Damon Pang. Thank you, and we have football first. Chelsea defeated Newcastle 2-0 to go fourth in the Premier League. Olivier Giroud and Timo Werner scored first-half goals for the Blues, who won their fourth straight league match under new coach Thomas Tuchel. From a Chelsea striker, Chris Sutton commentated on the game at Stamford Bridge. 
Well, the game was over effectively by half-time. Chelsea, the dominant force. Newcastle did come out and they showed a bit more oomph in the second half. Didn't really do enough in the final third. Kepa did make the save from Willock's header, but not enough from Newcastle. Another good three points for Chelsea in a Champions League spot. West Ham also scored a convincing 3-0 win against bottom side Sheffield United. The Hammers are now fifth in the league. Their manager, David Moy, says he's happy with all three points, but he still wants more from his side. Being at the top brings another pressure. You want to stay there as well, and I think we can play much better. I think the players have got an, at least another gear to go. The Champions League returns tonight, and the round of 16 kicks off with Liverpool facing RB Leipzig in Budapest. The match was moved because of COVID restrictions in Germany. It's also been a tough stretch for the Reds, who've lost three league games in a row. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp missed her mother's funeral in Germany because of COVID-19 travel restrictions, but he says he remains focused on his job. Nobody has to worry about me or whatever. I might not look like this because the weather is not cool and I'm white and the beard gets more and more gray, all these kind of things. Yes, I don't sleep a lot. That's all true. And my eyes look like that's all fine, but I'm full of energy. In the other Champions League last 16 tie, Barcelona will battle Paris Saint-Germain. On to basketball, the Los Angeles Lakers superstar Anthony Davis is facing at least several weeks on the sidelines after re-aggravating his right Achilles injury. The team says an MRI exam revealed no rupture. Davis limped off in the first half in LA's loss at Denver. Analyst Brandon Hayward says the Lakers should let the star player take as much time as possible to heal. If they say he's supposed to come back in two weeks, keep him out three weeks. You want to make sure that he is ready to play when it's money time. In tennis, world number three Naomi Osaka stormed past Chinese Taipei's Xie Su Wei in straight sets to book a place in the Australian Open semifinals. The Japanese won the All-Asian quarterfinal 6-2-6-2, but the 35-year-old Xie still made history by becoming the first singles player from Chinese Taipei to reach the last eight of a Grand Slam. And in cricket, England's second test match against India is underway. They now face the daunting target of 482 to win after Rari Chandran Ashwin hit a sparkling century to edge India closer to a series leveling victory. But former England captain Michael Vaughan says there are still positives from a tour so far. I think at the start of the series, if you'd have said to me, by the way, by the time they get to that pink ball game, it's one all. I'd have laughed. I'd have said, no chance, not in these conditions. England can't win a test. Well, the one, one in the series after this week. So there's a great positive. Michael Vaughan there, and that's your spots. And to end the news, top stories once again. Two former pro-democracy lawmakers plead guilty to protest-related charges linked to a mass demonstration in August 2019. Seven other pro-democracy leaders plead not guilty. The government has been urged to set up mobile testing centres in major retail and entertainment districts and the leader of the coup in Myanmar says he will try to handle mass protests against the overthrow softly. And that's the news from RTHK. The government provides public COVID-19 testing services through different channels. Those without symptoms but feel they have a higher risk of exposure can visit designated public clinics or other distribution points to obtain free test kits. Those having compulsory tests can visit community testing centres for free testing. The centres also provide self-paid services to those needing test reports for personal use. If feeling ill, see a doctor promptly and don't go elsewhere. Due to the volatile COVID-19 situation, the public should stay at home and avoid going out, in particular elderly persons, as they have higher risk of severe illness. Family and friends should help them with shopping and other daily needs. If elderly persons must go out, they need to wear a mask and wash hands frequently. 
pay attention to the latest situation. See a doctor promptly if feeling unwell, even if the symptoms are mild. Let's fight the virus together. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, 
and do it, and do it, let's live it up and do it, and do it, and do it, do it, do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, do it, do it, do it, do it.